Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. Uh, we're back in studio today in beautiful St. Petersburg, RHSTV. Download the app so you can watch us as we're going global now. I better button up my shirt today. We got TV to do today, so I'm no hat, button down shirt today. Looking very professional. Got another another episode of Lighter Side of Sports to cut today, so we're good. We're good for that here at Red House Streaming. How are you, my friend? Somebody's got morning. Look, somebody's good morning. Somebody's got to look professional on this show. I know you got your your space coast or space my, youth my thing space, going. My space you here as I as I show it off. Ashley's a viewers. big fan of, of men without hats. By the way, she likes it when we don't wear hats. Casey's the same way. Really interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It requires a little bit more effort, I guess. In yeah. <laughs> interesting. I know. You got to put the, the the moose in the hair, whatever the hell we put in the gel in the hair these days yeah so what what little is left of it but uh we're giving it a good good shot we got a great show for you today we're gonna have a lot of fun as we always do here you know we, we try to inform you but we also want to want to keep it lively and entertaining we hope we do that for you each and every day uh, we have got uh, a new guest coming on today who we have not had i've been looking forward to actually we've had denard span on before as a player but now we're going to have him on as an analyst, one of the new uh, Bally Sports Sun Rays analysts, along with Matt Joyce and, of course, Rich and Doug and the whole group. Um, so Denard Spann will be joining us at 1130 today uh, via StreamYard, too. So we get to see his handsome face. He's always very, he's very always well. Probably may not be dressed as he normally is on set, which is very dapper. They're all very dapper as far as I'm concerned. But So he will be joining us, and Scott Reynolds will be joining us at 1030. Um, and we really haven't had a post-draft chat with Scott, so we're going to do that, or I think we did, yeah, we did one. We're going to dive a little deeper. Let's just put it that way. And also, there's a, uh, a fresh Devin White story, if you haven't seen this. <laughs> Devin has uh, evidently um, come to some type of, uh, 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 I don't know how to, epiphany? Is epiphany a good word for this? That yeah. he has uh, recognized the errors of his ways and now wants to get to work and may rejoin his team in the voluntary workout. So we'll have some thoughts about some growth that. for Devin White. Yeah, yeah, which is a positive thing. Um, I think I think the whole situation kind of tells a lot about where the Bucks are as an organization. So we'll get into that a little bit here in our in our first segment as well. Uh, the Rays with another big win last night. A shutout win over the O's. Now, are they? Are we playing anybody yet? Because the Orioles have a good record mm. too, right? Yeah. I don't know. But are they a good team? Or are they cheating? I don't know. Are they playing imposter of a good team? I don't know. I don't know. Are they cheating? Are the Rays cheating? Are the Rays cheating? Oh. Well, evidently, according to WFAN, it's the only way this could the cart was this the Carton and Everson show now. I Did don't. Boomer kick him to you know, the curb? I don't even know, to be honest. I think it's the Carton. I didn't do much research into who these who these two clowns dudes are. Were. Yeah, these two clowns you can call are them clowns. Go ahead. I did. I called them clowns. There you go. Look, hey, look, they're they're on WFAN. They're making <laughs> making gazillions of dollars. They know how to do I, sports I, radio. I, if I was making they're all that money, they're pretty successful dudes. Say, if I was but you know what? Money, I'll are say they whatever. are they just are they good or are they cheating? That's what I want to know. Are they are they actually good hosts or are they cheating? You know, I don't know. How, how'd you get those jobs, boys? I don't know. Are you cheating? Your ratings? Could you be? I don't know. 
maybe. I don't have any evidence to suggest that you are. I don't have any evidence at all. I'm just saying, you know, you two guys listening to this clown take, I, I, it just doesn't match up. What I'm seeing doesn't match up with the where you are in your station in life. I mean, you have the you're at the greatest sports station in the world, probably getting paid millions of dollars, and you have a take like this, and you have a show like this that doesn't. You're you're out you're outperforming clearly what your takes are. <laughs> I say with tongue in cheek. Yes. So if you haven't heard this, I, we, we've decided just to start with this today because. It's such a cloud take, and you know, and why do they do it? Because we'll talk about it. That's they're smart. They're, they're, there's a reason why they're they're at WFA. I'll say that, but no, let's keep with the bit here, okay? You guys must be cheating, because I I don't. How could you get to WFAM with stupid ass takes like this? So let's go. Let's just, I don't want to paraphrase it. I want you to enjoy the the pure brilliance, and, and the and, and I want you to take close. Close, pay close attention to the amount of statistics and research that they have in this take. Because I think it's really good. This will show you, young broadcasters, when you come up with a take, right, have some statistics. It doesn't have to be all numbers, but having some statistics to back it up is usually probably a good good way to, to be persuasive. And everybody say, oh, that's a good take. You got you, you did some research. You had some. So pay it. This is how they got to WFAM because – this is the type of research they do and well-reasoned takes that they have that make you think, right? So listen to the brilliance of this take. Tampa's playing stupid ball right yeah, now. Yeah, and there's something suspicious about that, by the way. Yeah, they're probably Very cheating. Suspe- yeah. I, I, I didn't say it. Yeah. But all I know is I'm a baseball fan. I know baseball. I, I like it. baseball. I was very skeptical with what I saw this weekend. Yes, me too. I have no evidence other than journeyman uh, outperforming Bro, a baseball card. All of them. Christian Bethencourt? Hello? Rules? Yeah. What? Because you know what we do, most of us do? We don't know who they are, so we say, oh, the Rays are brilliant. Here's the problem. I know who they are. They're not good. Yeah. The Rays are 19-3 at home? Yeah. Hello? Hello? Is everybody going to wake up? Are you going to wake up when the article's written in The Athletic, or are you going to wake up now? Sometimes you don't need evidence. Sometimes you got to say, what I'm watching doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I'll do it. I'm not a Yankee fan. I have no hand. reason to say I'm going to raise my hand. Yeah. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm seeing in Tampa makes no sense. No sense all. at all. That's all. <laughs> you, you heard all the, the stats and the, and the well-reasoned. That was so informative. So informative. So informative. So informative. I mean, that is a ironclad. That's the type of ironclad sports radio takes and brought that you need to get to the top of the the, the, the rung, guys. That, that this is this is it, and, and so you know, it's brilliant. I mean, I, I I don't have anything to say. I, yeah, you know what? I do have a few things to say about it. Actually, <laughs> I do have a few things to say about it. Actually, uh, <laughs> first and foremost. Um, this is such a Goomba Bronx take, you know? Like, whoa, we're, we're, we're the Yankees, uh, you know? Uh, we, we, we win championships. We have 26, what was it, 26? Or nine, like, 26 championships. Data doesn't matter. It's okay. That's right. That's, I don't really need Oh, uh, uh, we, we spend more money than anybody else. That's how we win. We, they don't spend any money down there. Hey. They, they, we're the Yankees. We're the, they don't spend. They spend nothing. I don't know where the Jamokes are. Who is the Jamokes? But I, I, my eyes, I see. Uh, uh, who are they? I don't, uh, uh, uh. What's this uh, analytics? We're, we're analytics. What numbers? 
we pay the players, they go out, they play, they mash home runs, we win championship, right? That's a, uh, I don't know who these guys are. Uh, that's, what, that's what that take was. I'm a New York Goomba. I don't have to think. I just have to. Uh. <laughs> we, we, we got Brian Cashman. You, we can spend money. We, we pay the judge $40 million a year. You gonna smash your face in. That's what he's gonna do. You gonna smash your face in. Look at your, your rays. What are you on the St. Petersburg? You playing your little dinky dome there? What, what are you doing, huh? What are you doing? The Yankees. They must. Be, they must be cheating. Yeah, we spend the most money, so we should be winning. That's how it works, right? In baseball, right? You spend the most money, you win. That's how it works, right? I don't know these guys. They're not the baseball card. Christian Bethencourt. Was he like a number one prospect at one time? Oh, he, oh, oh, he was? Oh, oh, my bad. I said, oh, he's sitting hitting home runs. Oh, he had home runs last year, too? Oh, I didn't do any research, so I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know that. Well, Randy Rosarena, who is he? Oh, yeah, that's right. He kicked our ass a couple of years ago in the postseason. Then, all right, right, right. He's a pretty talented guy. Oh, oh, he's paying attention to the scouting report now? He started early with Mexico, and he was bashing homer, so he was already hot and ready to go. But I guess kind of make a little bit of sense. Huh? Like a pizza, you know, we get it out there, hot and ready to go. Because he was hot and ready to go, right? Like a pizza, like a za. So, okay, that kind of makes sense. Oh, oh they pitching well, too? Well, <laughs> when the hell did the Rays ever? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Come to think of it, they got some pretty good pitches down there, right? Okay, okay. So I'll give you that, but they're still cheating. Yeah, they're still cheating. I mean, who's this? Who's this uh, Wanda Franco guy? Like, well, I never heard of him. Who's he? Who? Oh, oh, he's the number one. Pro- he's been the number one prospect for four or five years. Oh, okay. I, uh, I didn't know that. I didn't do any research, so you know, I'm just in there eating the pie. You know what I'm doing? Right? I'm just doing that. Well, what, what else you got? Shame. Who's this Shane McClan? What is he, a leprechaun? What is he, some St. Patrick's Day, you know, with Patrolman the parade? Oh, oh. He's, oh, he started the All-Star game last year? He did? I didn't know that. I, uh, he started? Shane McClan? Never heard of him. Oh, he started? Okay, so he's pretty good. So he's pretty good. Who, who else is doing anything down there? Oh, it was the Yandy Diaz guy. Like, like where, where, where did he come from? Oh, he's hitting all bombs all of a sudden. Oh, oh, his contact rate and barrel on the bat is 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 above you know way up there. So he's finally getting a little elevated. Oh, that kind of makes it. What do you know? They got one guy's hit twenty five home runs. He's carrying all fun. That's not gonna happen. That's not gonna keep going, right? Oh, they're spacing it out like all these guys that are hitting. There's lots of guys hitting home runs. Not a ton of home runs, but they together collectively. When you get a lot, like when you get a lot of pizzas at one party, it's a pretty good party, right? Pretty good, right? You know. So yeah, they collectively they've come all together. So uh, okay, well then maybe they're not cheating. Maybe they're just good, huh? Maybe they're just good. Maybe they're better than us. Maybe they think, but maybe they took advantage of the rules instead of sitting on our fat lazy asses and just paying players and thinking we can buy championships, maybe we should, you know, dig into the analytics a little bit. Maybe we should be a little bit faster, a little bit cover, a little bit more ground so we could, you know, you know, since there's no shift anymore, we could play better defense, right? And then, you know, maybe we'd be better. Maybe we'd be like the Rays. Wow, I think I've had an epiphany here. You know what? Maybe they're not cheating. 
Maybe they're just better than us. Maybe they're smarter than us. Maybe they play like a team better than us. Maybe they try a lot harder because they're not a a fat, lazy guy sitting on their asses making big money and getting hurt all the time. You know what? You know what? Maybe they're good, just good. How'd that work out? Did I cover it all? I don't even know how to respond to that. (laughs) First of all, this is the first time I have ever heard the word Goomba. You never heard the word Goomba? I've never heard the word Goomba. I hope I didn't offend anybody because I'm, I'm, I'm Italian. I come from New York Italian background, so I guess I'm allowed to say Goomba. <laughs> you can say Goomba. I, I've come from the same thing, Italian New York background, but Goomba. And by the way, the, you people in the Bronx, you hardworking Italian people, I love you. I'm not disparaging you in any way. Because I saw how you, you, know, just, you, th- I, you think a lot better than those jamokes over. <laughs> I just, I can't thing. get over the photo that came up when I typed in Goomba. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a super, it's a Super Mario Bros. character, apparently. Yeah. It said it's a mushroom-like species. Yeah. By the way, you make the best pizza in the world. You're, you're salt of the earth people. I love you. And I, we're just having a little bit of fun here. But that's kind of what it sounded I, like. You nailed it. I mean, right? You, you absolutely nailed it. Right? Yeah. Maybe they'll play that on WFAN today. I don't know. Maybe I'll get a lot of nasty letters. I love the one about the way you said Wanda Franco in your New York accent was. Wanda Franco. Who the hell is Wanda Franco? (laughs) That's the one. That's the one right there. Who the hell is that? It's funny. But it's true. I mean, like, what do you. You come out of WFAN, you have no. You have no facts to back up. You even admit that I have no facts whatsoever. My eyes just tell me. My, you know, I mean, just take a, do a little bit of research into the team. This is not, you know, the record itself is historic. Okay, these things happen. But this is not a it, bunch of nobodies doing by the way, crazy things. By the way, the two players he mentioned in that, in that whole spiel there, Christian Bethencourt and Taylor Walls, why are you naming the, the catcher who plays half the time? Right. And the third base, util- or the, the utility man, who up until this season has never been able to hit, has kind of been just like the backup. And even right now, he plays like, like half a week. Yeah. Like, why are those the two yeah. examples you're bringing up? I mean, they're playing well when they're playing. Yes, but like, I mean, why are those the maybe two? Maybe a little bit above what they've been able to do. But if you watch Taylor Walls last, he's always been tremendous defensively. And at times, he had some pop. And, and you know, he's, he's not a terrible hitter. He, but every, you know, they... And by the way, all averages are up. Offense is up over the league. He's taking advantage of, of non-shifting. I mean, it's this, none of this stuff is just completely off the wall. It's one or two guys just way above the mean that are playing all the time and carrying yeah. this team. That's what we've been talking and, about. And look, again, like I said, up until last night, the Yankees had a good hitting night last night, whatever, and they get judged back tonight. But without Aaron Judge throughout this time, they've scored the least amount of runs in the MLB. Right. They're one-trick pony. Right. That's how they operate. Aaron Judge, go save us. Stanton's on the IL, right, for a mysterious injury again. Please go save us, Judge. Yeah. The Rays don't have to do that. The Rays don't. don't need all that. They don't. That's what New York people and Yankee fans just look down on this team. And you know what's so funny, too, about this whole thing about the cheating thing? Uh, did the Rays, if I'm not mistaken, and let me get my facts straight. We've got to get our facts straight here. Did the Rays go 12 innings without scoring a run in this series straight? From Saturday to Sunday? Yeah, I believe I saw yeah, that. Yeah. I was in the building for eight of those they innings. They got shut out two games in a row. I was in the building for eight point. of those innings yeah. where they scored nothing. Yeah. Damn, did they just stop cheating just randomly like randomly. that? Randomly. For 12 yeah. innings, they just said, we're done cheating. Yeah. 
Yeah. Damn. And, and by the way, <laughs> you're, you're calling mm. them out for cheating. Like, it just happens to be two days after Garrett Cole pitches and pitching great. And then the yeah. third time through the lineup, which, by the way, the Rays don't let their players the do mash. very well. <laughs> and I would, I would venture to say that maybe third time through the lineup, things don't go as well when you're using the same pitch sequence as you used the first two times. I mean, there are reasons why these things happen. It's not because people are cheating. It's because they're smarter than you. And, they're, they're, and, and by the way, when you know the pitch is coming, doesn't mean you're going to hit it, especially if it's Garrett Cole pitching it. And I'm not here to say that the Rays knew what they, – they knew what was being pitched because they are smarter than you. And if you use the same pitch sequences, uh, three straight at-bats, you know, even you know, us dumb, you know, stupid people down here in St. Petersburg, those idiots down there, they, even those, those idiots are going to maybe figure out what you're throwing. So, you know, this is it's – such, it's such a Yankees attitude. It's such a Yankees attitude. You know, you can't be beating us fair and square. And by the way, how embarrassed should you be? I mean, since you last won a World Series, I, I think it's close to $3 billion that the Yankees have spent on players and by the same guy putting the team together, Brian Cashman. And this guy, continue, like, you would, like, give me the Yankees payroll, right? You, you're you're going to luck into a World Series in that time, you know? And you, st- you, you, and the guy still has a job. Who can't do that job? Go out and spend three hundred million dollars. Go out and spend four times more than your competitors are spending. At least one of them in the Rays. And I need you to beat them every year. And you can't even do that. That's a fireable offense right there, folks. This is not baseball. Is not like other sports. I've told you. We say this all the time. Look at look at the NFL. Look at the NFL. What if the Bucks could only spend a, a fifty million dollars on payroll? But yet everybody else in your division, the Saints, the Panthers, and the Falcons, were able to spend $200 million. How much would you guys be bitching about, uh, about football? How much would we, we can't compete with them. But yet the Rays do it every year. And, uh, and these, these the Rays Goombas have, the Rays have won more want to look down their nose at the, <laughs> at the Rays and say just they're, now they're cheating. God, it's such a turd take. The, you know, the Rays have actually won more games than the Yankees over the last 15 years. Yeah. And in the head-to-head, it was really even. They actually went into Sunday's game completely even, tied up since yeah. 2010, and the Rays got that win. So now they're up by one against these Yankees. And imagine having that, that, With that payroll. economic disparity. That's a level. That is not a level playing field. Yeah, in case and by you the didn't way, know. by the way, the Rays are operating wow. right now. This team you're seeing, the Rays field at the moment, is like a sixty-five million dollar payroll, the active payroll mm-hmm. right now. And I, I saw this yesterday. If you put Judge and Cole combined, let me get the exact number here. Let me get my facts right. Right. Judge uh, and no, Cole. You, know, you get to the top of the. Yeah, I just, just turned my radio. phone over here. Ladder, clearly facts are not needed. $76 million they're spending on Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole. They're spending $12 million more than what the Rays' active payroll is right now is on that, two oh, players. Oh, that's that crazy? And they just can't take it. They can't yeah. gra- come to grips with it. No, You're not a good baseball team. Yeah. You're in last place. <laughs> and you spend all that money. And by the way, and you second, must be cheap. And by the way, you're second fiddle in your own city now. More people would rather Ooh. play for the Mets than they play for the Yankees. Ouch, babe. When was the last big free agent to come to New York? Aaron Judge doesn't count. Uh, I guess it's Garrett Cole. Whatever. Yeah, Garrett Cole. Whatever. 
But the Mets, how many? Like the Mets, Verlander, oh, lately? Scherzer, lately? Francisco Lindor. Yeah. They yeah. tried to get Carlos Correa. Yeah. People are going to the Mets now. They ain't going to the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Ain't nobody want to play for the Yankees. Yeah. And no how, fun team. Yeah. Booed by your own fans every time you. How's Joey Gallo doing? I think he's having a pretty good season in Minnesota. No. Mm, yeah. yeah. But, but he got booed and he couldn't walk out of his own apartment in New York. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's the problem. Toxic. Toxic. Very toxic. Very toxic. I don't have any evidence to support being toxic, but you know, <laughs> it's kind of. I can use my clue. I can use my are. context clues too. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, some of the comments uh, coming in here, we, we can we can enjoy some of these. Um, I mean, because that take was just so bad. Um, from our good friend R.J. Martin, you can read some, put them up next. Morning, guys. I love how the Rays don't play real teams, and now we're cheaters too. Obviously, have not been watching this team over the last few years. Yeah, it's such a it's such a just you know that's what you would expect to hear at you know a a, a Brooklyn Bronx. Bar, you know, have a pizzeria on one side and a bar on the other, and it's very dark inside, <laughs> so you can't see how filthy it is. Um, yeah, that's what you would expect to hear. Uh, uh, Buck signed. Uh, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, what else we got from the guys? Uh, this team has the best winning percentage against teams, uh, five hundred, but still no real teams. I guess right, exactly. Twelve and five against five hundred plus teams. And by the way, now what? Eleven and four on the road. Mm-hmm. Nineteen and three at home. Which is obviously great, but eleven and four in the row. If they were cheating, there would be probably a bit of a more of a disparity there, like yeah. there was with the Astros back in the day. And for those keeping score again, at home, again, my apologies, guys, for using actual facts. I, I you know, I, clearly that's not how you're supposed to do sports radio. But and my, for those keeping score, by the way, when the Rays wear those awful baby blue u- uniforms with the stupid little wimpy starburst on the side, they are eleven and one in those bad boys. Oh, so keep wearing them. Okay. Players making the league minimum would love to tarnish their baseball career in future by cheating, LOL, right? Exactly. You know, next time someone has a take like that, here's a soundbite for it, okay? All right. This is, this is all you got to tell them. Shut up, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. It's not quite as good as my tirade, but it's pretty good. That's pretty good. I only put it up there because Lonnie, because, you know, I love my wrestling flair here. That was The Rock. And he said the Rays have laid the smackdown on the Goomba candy candy asses. (laughs) We're going to get in trouble using Goomba. I don't know. these days. I mean, we've got to talk a little bit about, you know, Bob Huggins and our our friend, the A's broadcaster, as well today. People, man. Yeah. I I hope we don't get lumped into that category again. We're silly. Um, Did I read this one? Yeah. how, how uh, you guys like the the big bucks while other folks got to work multiple jobs, right? I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> RJ says that Yankee impersonation <laughs> is. <laughs> I got it from my friend uh, Frankie Gonzalez, who I used to work with as a uh, Frankie. Frankie's one of the biggest Yankee fans I know. I used to work uh, parking cars with him down in in South Florida, and that was that was spot on. Frankie Gonzalez, right there, whose son, by the way, is a pitcher for the University of Tampa. So great baseball family yeah. there. AJ Good said people. that slider. Wait, I took my. By the way, I love Frankie. So. Took my comment off here. What he said, AJ said that slider hung like Mussolini, and they have the balls to say right. <laughs> that cornball was Mussolini. Wow! Oh my God, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, uh, meanwhile, Cole's spin rate is back up to Houston numbers, huh? Huh. Remember how much of us? Remember how much of a fit that guy threw when he couldn't use his tack anymore? Oh my god! Remember that one? Yeah. 
He still grabs at his hat, you know, mysteriously. What's on that hat? Uh, let's I, investigate him. Yeah, let's, uh, speaking of cheating, you know, you want to you start putting the microscope of cheating out? Let's start, let's start that. Uh, come on now, Chicago Thin Crust is the GOAT. I got to go with New York. I got to go with New York pizza on this one. I have not. Chicago have, deep dish is good. Chicago, Chicago food is fantastic. Unbelievable. Um, am I allowed to have a take on this if I haven't been to these cities? Because, like, I just get, like, the cheap I'll let imitation. Lonnie, I'll let Lonnie. I just get the cheap imitation my, version My vote would be no. My vote would be no. But, yeah, because, you know, it's kind of like your take on the trop. You've never been to real baseball, so you really, I, I, I can't take you seriously. Until you've experienced the best, or at least others, that others consider the best, how can you compare? Well, I'm just going to say, 72 and AC felt very good on Saturday when it was 98 out, and I was sweating in my car, so. Yeah, well, going to fall day at Yankee Stadium, <laughs> by the way, for you Yankee fans. I ain't going. I am not going to Yankee Stadium. Um why? That place has no character. I would have gone to the old Yankee yeah, Stadium. The yeah. new Yankee Stadium represents a little too buttoned up for my liking. It's, it's, it just looks like a cheap facsimile of said. It's cheap. Uh, but I'm, cl- I'm glad that they've made the effort, though, to keep some of the tradition. I do, I do appreciate that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they have, I mean, they have to have the modern amenities. It, is, it just feels, it does feel a little bit uh, uh, like, a, like a cheap imitation, but... I think it's it's good that they tried. It's good that they tried. I, if they would have just come out with some, you know, modern stadium, like a Miami stadium, that would have been an abomination. So at least they tried. Let's give them that. Let's give them that. What else we got here? Rays are great. We broke another shutout or another shutout record. Rays broke in 1908. Raised 75 home runs to start the season. Yeah. And I don't even count. All these records I keep seeing when they say 1908 or 1884, I don't even count that, man. It's time to rewrite the record books. That was barely baseball. Yeah. I don't even know if you can call that baseball, right? Yeah, but I mean, even to go back that far, the fact that we're having to be to better go that than far. that, yeah, it means it's unbelievable. Like, to me, it, the modern game started probably, uh, I would say, I mean, the steroids thing, where do, you, where do you put that? But I'd say the modern game probably started in the 60s. I can't first really. Of all, when I, you, first of all, when we added uh, African-American players, that that was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, was clearly, that 1945, 1947? Yeah, 40, 49. Um, yeah, that's was 47, 47, my bad. History, I should know that. I should know the exact date. Um, but, yeah, that to me first. And then, you know, fully assimilate the black players in until probably the early 60s, you know, Gibson and, you know, Lou Brock and all those guys. So th- that so that would to me would be modern baseball. But even before that, it's like. But even I'll say, though, based on what they're doing right now in the modern game, to me, there's no comparison to any era because look at the pitching now. That to me is like no one's talking about. Given the, pit, the state of pitching right now, it's harder to hit a baseball than it's ever been. Than it's ever been. It's not even close. And they're putting up historic offensive numbers in a league that typically has been dominated by pitching over the last few years. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's another feather in their cap there. So yeah, the I'm, shift, the taking away the shift, which I first was not for, has, you know, I think where I got educated and my, my opinion evolved on that was talking to Matt Joyce and some of the other hitters about, you know, the, the – when you combine the precision, the analytics, and the uh, the shifting, it makes it almost impossible to hit because you know there's it's physics, it's physics, right? If you can spin a ball and you can keep it to the middle to the inner half of the plate, uh, it's almost impossible 
to get the ball out to the opposite field. So um, I, I, applaud, I applaud them for doing that, and I think it's made a big difference. So, and, and just a quick note before we get to Scott Reynolds on the actual game last night. You know, Shane McClanahan, not at his best, but still dominant enough, um, still undefeated. They get the shutout. Adam, I thought, was, was fantastic. Your boy, Poche. Your boy, Poche. I might have to walk back a little bit on right. Mr. Poche. Yeah. Is this three great outings in a row for Mr. Yeah. Collin? No. no. And, and the Razor Leavers ERA is third best in Major League Baseball. And starters. Still surprising to me. Yeah. No, it's, it's even like what we've seen. We've seen it blow up many times, right? But still, in the, in the, in the, when you look at across the, 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 all the numbers – you have the third best. So they're just across the board. They're great in every category. And there's reasons why. There's reasons why. This is not some crazy, uh, complete anomaly. Everybody doing crazy no things. No conspiracy. No. They're not. So get better takes, boys. But I know why you did it. And congratulations. Uh, maybe we'll get a little bit of press from our retort to your turd take. All right, we'll take, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, Scott Reynolds is going to join us. Our thanks to the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S, lawgroup.com. If you've been involved in an accident, get that personal attention that you will get with the Jeeves Law Group. And Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. Go see Chris Lugo and their medical team there. Get on that true body machine and uh, get those 6- and 12-pack abs ready for the summer like Nick's doing. We'll be back in three. Stay with us. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. 
It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. Uh, we are hopeful of the arrival of Scott Reynolds here in moments. Um, just want to thank our great sponsors Italiano Insurance, the Golden Diamond Source, American Mortgage Services, uh, and the PPL, the Padel, the Pro Padel League, which I will be emceeing their big event coming up. Uh, starting this weekend um, out at the Sarah Vandenberg Complex in Zephyr Hills, they've got seven teams from around the world, um, from Cancun to, to Toronto to L.A. to Miami. Arkansas has a team. Um, it's it's going to be it's it's kind of like a, a cross between pickleball, racquetball, and tennis. 
and it's an incredibly fast-moving sport, and it's fun to watch. So if you've never seen it, come on out and watch it. Um, we'll, be, we'll be playing from 10 o'clock in the morning till about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It's going to be a really, really cool setup. CBS Sports is televising it worldwide. This is a game that's just exploding internationally. It's called Padel, but it's like a paddle sport, but it's called Padel. It's, it's really, really cool. So we, uh, we thank them for jumping on board, and go out and check it out. Um, all right, so Devin White put out a tweet this morning, or I guess it was an Instagram post, um, and basically saying, I'm going to read it verbatim, because, you know, we know the history, right, of what happened. This was about a month before the draft. He came out with these four Instagram posts. I mean, it's plain as day, if you're paying attention, if him saying goodbye to the Buccaneers at, at, at that particular point, we, we kind of said, eh, this is probably uh, the contract talks are not going well. And this is his way of telling the team that he's not happy and that he's moving on. Then he posted some social media um, things on the Eagles social media Instagram, right? Um, when when Jalen Hurts got his money, it's like, isn't it great that they take care of their own? Something like that. Green hearts, all this other stuff. So um, not, you know, conduct conduct unbecoming of a captain of your football team, right? When your coach is saying and defending you at every turn, by the way, um, this is how you pay him back. That's the great loyalty. And your, your, your fifth option has been picked up for $11.7 million, making you one of the highest paid linebackers in the game. Um, so all this, and we've gone over it, just I think a terrible strategy, either by himself or his agent, um, to get more money. And as Bruce Arians say, you want more money, go out and earn it. That's the way the system works. You get a hefty raise this year for your fifth-year option as, as you deserved. Well, I think it's... Again, when you're one of the worst-rated linebackers by PFF and people watching the tape, including Warren Sapp, are pointing out your loafs, and we could look at the tape and say you're an inconsistent player. You make splash plays, but you're inconsistent, to, to say the least. And you think you should be pe- being paid by you know at the elite level when your game is not elite, in my opinion. This is a bad strategy. So this morning he woke up and he said, um, he put this out. Uh, which was a quote from a positive vibe quote. He said, my story is simple. I fell, I got back up, I learned from my experience, and now I'm coming back for everything they said I wouldn't have. So he, he, it's, it's a, he retweeted it or reposted it from positive vibes quotes. So what does this tell me? And maybe Devin White has c- kind of taken the cue from his coaches, one of them, Bruce Arians, um, saying go out there and earn it. Uh, and then Larry Foote coming to the podium and saying, you know, these are champagne problems. These are champagne problems. And he needs to get out there. And let me say one thing about the voluntary workouts, okay? And I would say this, you know, to Devin, who may you know, be consuming some of the motivational uh, speakers, quotes, and what have you. Here's one from me. Being great is voluntary. These are voluntary workouts, but being great is voluntary. People don't make you do it. Being great is not mandated. Being great comes from within. You want to be a great team? Everybody go to voluntary workouts. You want to be a great player? You want to be paid at the elite level? Volunteer to go to the workouts. Captain, my captain. You want to be great? The first thing you got to do is volunteer to be great. You got to have your heart in it. Now this 
seems to me that you're telling me now, okay, I hear you. I'm going to go ball out and get my money, and I'm saying bye-bye to you. you know, for all of you haters out there. And we don't, we don't hate you, Devin White. We don't hate you at all. We love you, and we want you to be the best linebacker in the history of Tampa Bay Buccaneer football. We're just trying to tell you that you're going about it all wrong. You're going about it all wrong. You want to you be great? First step, volunteer to be great. Get your ass to voluntary workouts with the rest of your teammates who are volunteering to be great. And go surprise everybody who thinks you are the second worst team in the NFL. Volunteer for that greatness. My message to you, Devin White. It's a good message. Yeah. It's a good message. And I, th- I hope Devin White has come to his senses, hopefully. And again, we're just trying to decipher his, his ever-growing amount of tweets and Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. To kind of see where his head's at, because clearly he's not there. Uh, he posted another one. He was on his horse, so he's having a good time out and about. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. I, I want him life. to be in a good headspace, because yeah. I know he's going to return to this team at some point this year. Yeah. I'm pretty confident in that happening. And I want him to be in the right headspace, because I want Devin White to be great. I mean, I've said it over and over on this show. I was as big an advocate for the Bucks drafting him at number five. In 2019, even when people were saying, you can't take an inside linebacker number five. I was, I was it, one of those. Right? I know a lot of people said that, and I, you know, being a UCF guy, I watched he him. He proved against, me wrong during the Super Bowl season, but he since, he's proven he me right. And I saw him at first in that Fiesta Bowl against UCF, and that guy just jumped off the TV to me. And I'm like, that would be great to put him next to Levante David. And he's had moments of brilliance, but he's had a lot of moments where I'm just asking myself, is Devin White even playable out there? And that's the problem. And you know, you mentioned about being the highest-paid linebackers. You know, I, I did it, the research this morning. I mean, he's the eighth-highest-paid linebacker in his position. Inside linebacker, he's the eighth-highest. Like, to me, like, okay, you want to be paid like C.J. Mosley is, right, who's the second-highest-paid, right? You want to be paid like, uh, you know, Fred Warner and all these other guys. But I don't think he's in those tier of, of, of linebackers. I don't know how many people put him there. I think where he's... Honestly, the 11-7 that he's making this year, like we've had this conversation, that might be even a tad bit over what he gives you on the field, no? Yeah. So I think he should be fortunate the fact that he gets the $12 million this year. And if you want to get 15 17 whatever million you want, try to get better and be great. And that starts with my opinion, like you said, going to voluntary workouts and having a different attitude. And on the flip side of this, this team is begging for – We've said it. Some alphas on that defense to come out. Yep. It's begging for it. And I know he is an alpha vocally. I know that. I have no doubt when I look at that defense and I look at them huddling up before the play is called, he's in the middle and he's calling it, right? Yep. He is the unquestioned leader of that defense, but I need you to play like it. And that's, that's where, the, where Devin White has missed the boat, in my opinion, over the first four years of his career. And you need to act like it. You need to act like Levante David. You need to act like a like a captain. You need to comport well, when yourself you say like that, a captain. When you say that, I don't think you're saying it, but just to like, I guess, just get it out there. Like, we don't mean I want you to act like Levante David in the sense of I want you to be like super. No, because no, like no. I love De- Devin's personality is no, great. No, I just mean in terms of your actions in leading your team. Yeah. show up the voluntary workouts. Don't, and I don't even have a hard time people asking for a trade, but you know, I, you can do it in a better way. If you're not happy with your contract, and I said this last week, you know, just say, hey, come out instead of the, the sophomoric stuff that you did on, on, on social media, 
you know, go, you can go to stand in front of a podium and answer, answer questions from grown ass men like me and, and women and, and, and do a press conference. That's a great way to do it. Or you could tweet out, listen, we have, you know, we've tried to come to a agreement on my contract. We feel that I'm worth more than they're offering, which is fine. I'm going to happily go out and play on this fifth-year option. It's a great raise, and I'm going to prove to the Buccaneers that I'm worth this money. And I'm going to be at voluntary workouts, and I'm going to do all the things to help lead this team. I mean, other organizations that want to pay you would go, oh, wow, let's, let's keep our eye on this guy. Let's keep our eye on this guy. I want to go see what he does. Because the smart guy understands you got no leverage here, bro. you got no leverage. You, you, you're, going, you're either going to have to sit out the year and not get paid if you don't want to play, or you can middle it and get a little bit of money and screw the bucks and screw your future in the in the process. You know, we've seen guys try and do this before. Who was it? The the running back, uh, Lashawn McCoy, right? Who sat out a year? Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. How'd that work out for him? Not well. <laughs> not well at all. Not well. <laughs> not well. It, it, this is the CBA. It is. It exists because you you're you're. Uh, Union voted for this. So read read the room. You don't have any leverage here. There's two ways you can go. You can bitch and moan, and you can play the sophomoric, immature cards that you've played, or you could do what I said and uplift your attitude, uplift your profile, get people gathering around you instead of against you, and the tide goes with you. Much better, Much better way to approach this. And your way has, has, has made enemies among your biggest fans. I mean, think about that. Everybody who wants to support you really doesn't support you anymore. That's never a good strategy. That's never a good no. Cultivate your allies. Not, not sell yourself short. I'm not saying abandon, self-abandon. I understand you want to make more money. And that's great to aspire to be that guy. That's fantastic. But go about it in a smart way. Go about it in a positive way. Go about it with you when you're bringing people together, not dividing people. And that goes for a lot of things in your life, right? Yeah. And that's – he's just – now, this is spiritual awakening. We hope that it gets him to, to – and he you know, comes to this um, attitude. I think people will forgive him, as, but as, as – uh, was it Lonnie that says forgiven but not forgotten? Yeah, we'll forgive you. We want to forgive you. We want you, but you, we want you all in. If you want to stand on the sideline and not come to voluntary workouts and do all that stuff, that's on you. But that's your, you are projecting an attitude that I don't think is going to help you in the long yeah, run. Yeah, and when I look at you know recent, because again, Devin's not nearly the first one to do, to make a trade request or anything. He won't be the last, right? But when I look at the other examples of guys who have put in trade requests, and you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, who held out for a whole year to get his contract. I can, as much as I hate that, and it didn't work out for Le'Veon Bell, I can understand to an extent where he's coming from because at that time he was the best running back in football, I'd argue, and it was really important to what Pittsburgh did, and he wanted to be paid. And you're and a running, was horribly underpaid in those productive. And you're years. you're a running back, and you know your shelf life is very small, and you want to get paid. So I understood to an extent where Le'Veon Bell's coming Absolutely. from. Absolutely. Even when you look at some of the ones that are recently, the one right now with Buda Baker in Arizona. Okay, that's a multi-time all-pro safety, right? Top of your position, and he's in the prime of his career, and he feels like he wants to be paid as the upper echelon in his position. I can get on board with that because there's a track record there. That's, to me, where the disconnect is, where Devin White is. Agreed. Is he has not put out enough good tape for me to continue to play this song and dance with him 
And if it were to continue to last, I would probably just be like, all right, I just throw my hands in the air and go like, I'm done. I'm done. It's not worth the headache at, at, at some point. That's the difference to me with Devin White's situation and some of the others. I'm willing to go ahead with the headache yeah. and deal with it because it's a, a huge all-around all talented player, all-world, got to have him. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Bucks need Devin White. No. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. But I don't think the Bucks need Devin White for the long haul. And I'm not saying that Servassier Dennis is Devin White. But he brings a lot to the table. And he does things in certain areas that are better than Devin White. And when you're talking about the difference between paying a guy about a million a year and a guy paying a guy about $17 million a year, you have to, as a general manager, ask yourself, where is that money best spent? On an impact it's, position? It's not on an inside linebacker, I can tell you that. Exactly my point. You know, is, is it best sent, spent, you know, on the outside with the receiver after Mike Evans is gone? Is it best spent at quarterback if you eventually have to go get a proven quarterback? Yes, yes, much better. Um, is it better spent on an edge rusher once Shaq is gone? Yes, much better spent there. We could go on and on with this. Okay, it's inside linebacker. It's not as big an impact position. Every position is important. We get it. But some are more important than others. It's probably, the, at least on defense, it's the least most important position that I'm really thinking about yeah. on a, from a defensive standpoint. And the, and the difference in terms of how it impacts your entire defense between a Savassier Dennis, and, and he's probably a bad because we have no idea what kind of pro he's going to be. We have no idea. You know, I could probably pick somebody that's been, you know, a middle of the ru- an average linebacker inside guy, and that's what I'm talking about. It's that is that average linebacker who makes next to nothing. Is that okay to spend that there and save that money or reallocate it in other places? I would say yes. So De- there's a lot of things working against Devin right here. So, and, and none of it's good for the Bucks overall. None of it. You know, at this point, the best thing for the Bucks would be if someone would step up and give us a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick, and, and we could move on. That would that would be the best thing. But that's clearly not going to happen. And the you know, and if the Bucks were as intransigent against trading him as they publicly were, I think that's a problem. I think it's a big problem. Um, that kind of, that sounds to me like somebody's playing favorites in this organization because the tape does not match that. It just doesn't. The production and the tape, as of late, does not match that type of, he's untradeable. Untradeable? No, and again, I give a, I'll, I'll give Devin this. I'd say he's very tradable. I'll give Devin this. After the whole loafing thing in week eight against Baltimore, he looked like a much better player. The of second course, he half had of the season with his father, which is just heartbreaking. Yes, his father died in prison under controversial circumstances. He went out that week and balled out. He did, Let's, and after that, know. I thought he was I thought he was serviceable. But does serviceable mean the money that he's talking? No. That's what I'm saying. I think Devin no. White is a serviceable linebacker in this league. That to me is not worth going above and beyond to keep or to pay loads and loads of money for. By the way. Total brain fart on my part. Um, Scott Reynolds is joining us at 11.10 because he had a call today and at, not at 10.30 nor what he normally does, but I, my brain, my feeble brain said 10.30. He always comes on at 10.30, so my fault. Scott will join us at 11.10. Uh, mental decline is sad. Sad to see, um, especially when it's your own. Um, 
<laughs> RJ Martin frustrated with how he handled things, but he can definitely turn things around with a big season. Was a favorite of mine, but tough to swallow the way he handled things. Yeah, that's. I think all Bucks fans would say that. We would all love to, you know, say your mea culpas. It was, you know, it was you know, that was an immature way to handle things. If I'm going to be the top paid guy, I need to act a different way. And I'm here to say I made a mistake. Forgive me. I'm going to ball out. Who's not? Who's not hugging you then? Everybody's hugging you. That's all we want, Dev. I mean, just this. This. This sounds. You know what this sounds like? This today. This is exactly his same apology he made after he was called out for loafing. It was like I get it. He's a Hall of Famer. My bad, but I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> you know. In other words, like what was that? That was not. You know, you had to be dragged up here in front of the media. And now this is what we get. Eh. Just it's all it's all been that type of immaturity, and just you know that's just kind of the guy he is at this point of his life. You know we saw it with Leonard Fournette when he first came in here, and what happened? Bruce Arians called him out privately. He, cut him. he called him out privately and publicly. And this is the other thing I wanted to say about this Devin situation. Why did it take the assistant? Defensive coordinator, or the defense coordinator, Larry Foote, to publicly call Devin White out when his own head coach couldn't. This is a problem. This is a problem with, you know, and again, we love Todd Bowles, but man, these are what these are the type of things that people will question your judgment, coach. You know, why does it, it's not going to, you're not going to crush a player if you call him out publicly. I mean, it, it, clearly some of these guys react to that. And Devin got called out publicly by Larry Foote with the champagne problems quote. And what happened? At least it appears that he's somewhat turning it around. Yeah, And, I, and maybe if you, Todd, did not you know, jump to the podium and defend him and tell us he's your, your best defensive player, which I think is an insult to a bunch of your defensive players, by the way. And trust me, they see it the same way as well. Um, you're, you're, you're supporting a guy in front of the media when everybody sees the same tape that we do in your meetings. Yeah, and I, I wonder what the, the locker room kind of thinks about it because you always hear that the, the guys kind of understand it's a business and, you know, get you, do your own thing, whatever. We're right here. We're behind you, whatever, right? You always hear that. But at the same time, just looking at the Bucks' history with top-round draft picks and how they handle fifth-year options and all those kind of things – I mean, there's a history there. If you if you get the accolades and you put out good tape and, and we can trust you and you don't have issues, and I look at Mike Evans as an example of that. I look at Vita Vey as an example of that, Carlton Davis, Tristan Wirfs, and so forth. The Bucks are definitely going to be accommodating, and they'll pick up that fifth-year option and pay you the contract before sometimes you even play on that fifth-year option. But there's if you can't see the difference between Devin White and Mike Evans, Vita Vea, Carlton Davis and Tristan Wirfs, I just really can't help you. There's a huge difference in how those guys handle things, even when they were young in their career, and the way Devin has handled it. And there's a huge difference between the tape those guys have put out and the tape that Devin White has put out. So this isn't a thing where the Bucks are just like, oh, we don't, want, we don't want to pay anybody. Like, it's nothing like that. They will pay you if you are worth it and if you well, have earned it. I look at Jamel Dean. I'm still mystified how he can run down on kickoffs in the Dallas game and not play in base defense. I, I still, I, I don't. And then 
And maybe they were just – maybe they thought so much of him as they didn't want him to get injured for next year because they were going to pay him that much money. They knew they were going to keep Which I him. still don't understand because it's the playoffs. Right. And, you know, don't you want to win every, Don't you want to win the games that matter right there? Another curious decision by the organization. Okay. And, and then to go and, like, give him Well, what did Jamel Dean do? Did Jamel Dean bitch about it? No. Did, was he out demanding a trade? Was he out – no. You know what he did? He hopped on the damn Buccaneers cruise – and mingled with with all the fans and the coaches and did something organizationally that said, you know what, I'm not even under contract, but I'm here for you guys. I support the organization. I'm going to mix with the fans. You think those guys love doing that? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're, I'm sure it's fun to go on a cruise and everything, but, you know, these guys got enough money they can do this on their own. They don't have to go, <laughs> you know, fans, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? Can I pick? You know, but he did. And he's at, he's at all the events. He was at the Sneaker Soiree. I see him around at all. He's at all these events. And guess what? He got paid. He got paid. Mm-hmm. You know, his PFF grade suggests that he should have got paid, unlike Devin's. His, his, the eye test says he should have got, I don't know if he should have got, you know, we, we would like some more interceptions, Jamel, as much as we love you and we love your athletic ability, I think you could be an outstanding corner and continue your rise. But let's get some picks, man. Let's catch that ball. Let's catch that ball. But you can see the difference in attitudes and who got paid. The one that didn't have the attitude. Oh, and I would say pretty much the same thing about Carlton Davis, too. Yeah. You didn't hear him bitching. No, and I think you hear Vita Bay bitching. And if you redo the whole scenario and it's Devin White that's getting benched for a whole game, especially a playoff game. I don't know if Devin White's here right now. I don't think so. No. I think it could have gotten even more hairy than it is already. I think is yeah. I mean, that's the thing. This is already, like, turned into a, a, a shitstorm, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. Um, and this is a player that never even got benched for conduct or loafing or misplay on the field. It could have been a lot worse if they had actually even benched him or, or done any sort of accountability, right? No. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But if that's but if that's what happens to you when you're called out, and you're gonna and you don't want to be held accountable, yeah, I don't want you on my team. I do not want you on my team. I don't care how fast you run, how high you jump, how hard you hit. I don't want you on my team. If you're going to stand and you ask me, how did these other players, these great players on defense, you know, how does Levante David feel about what he's doing? He's rolling his eyes. How does Vita Vea feel about it? It's just my opinion, okay? I don't know for sure. I would think a lot of those guys are like, come on, dog. Privately. Privately. Because they watch the same tape. They're in the meetings. When it they, when they shows, you know, how they baited him into another misplay on the, on the goal line and he gives up a touchdown, the guy that was his man, mm-hmm. you know, they know it more than we do. They see it, and then they see him holding out, and they're like, come on, bro. You're getting paid eleven million, almost twelve million dollars a year. We see the tape; it's it's incongruent. It does not fit. It doesn't, and no. it's, it's and it. Those are the things to me. And I've I, covered this league long enough to see things, situations like this. These are the things that reverberate through locker rooms. I've talked to players about it. They're not going to say it publicly. They're not going to even say it to the guy's face, but they see it. And if they see a guy that's getting away with this and not being held accountable, they're not going to be think they're going to be held accountable either. 
and that's what we saw on the field last year. That's why Todd Bowles has not been a successful head coach, in my opinion. Because he won't call guys out publicly. He says they, they, they do it privately. Guess what? You may be, but it ain't working. Yeah. You, you got a and losing the, record. The Leonard Fournette example is almost perfect for this. Exactly. Because Leonard was a, what was Leonard, a fourth overall yes. pick, right? Yes. So he was just kind of like Devin White. And at that point in Leonard's career, he was a multi-thousand-yard rusher. Same school. Same, same school, yeah. He was a multiple-time thousand-yard rusher at that time, was brought in with a lot of, you know, you're going to be our guy. You know, Tom wanted you, and here you go. It didn't matter. That's the thing of how things have changed. It didn't matter that Tom wanted him on the team or wanted him out there for every snap. It didn't matter to Bruce Arians. He was like, no, we, I can't work with this guy right now. Nope. Can't do it. Can't win with him. So... <laughs> to, to quote, uh, what's yeah. his face, Daryl Green, right? Yeah. Uh, or Mike Singletary, rather. Mike Singletary. Great sound. I want winners. Great sound. Winners. Um, that, that, to me, is the big difference. And to the point where Bruce is not even around anymore, really. And even he, when he's asked about Devin White, was straight up honest about it. Like, I, that's, I think it's all we're asking is, can we get some straight honesty from the guys who are in the building now? And it shouldn't have to come from Larry Foote. Right. In all honesty. I'm glad that Larry 100%. said it. 100%. But it didn't have to come from Larry Foote. Yep. This could have been said months and months ago. And we could have saved some headaches. 100%. And, and to the point that Jeremy put up when I said that the Bucks don't need Devin White, I agree. They need him for this season. But what I'm saying is they don't need him for the long haul, in my opinion. I think this is exactly the season that you don't need him. They're not winning the Super Bowl. They're not winning the Super Bowl. And for your culture... If you allow this in your culture, you're setting an example for others to do the same thing and get away with it. And you ain't winning anything like that with a culture like that. Sorry. In my opinion, you're not. And you and and you're going to their salary cap moving forward is still not good. And you want to add a eighteen million dollar linebacker in the middle of the defense that's just not an elite player, good player, but not elite? That's stupid. That's bad that's, bad, that's what bad organizations do. This is bad organizations do. Um, and by the way, the Bucks have been, when you say bad organizations, for majority of their time, let's be real, they're lumped into that bad organization's crew. And they have to learn from those mistakes, and they have to find a way to get out of the bad organizations, and they've done a good job of that in the recent years. They have. And I think what Jason liked and how much he's learned, I don't think they're going to go back to that, right? So... This is just part of that. Unless they do stuff like this. This is the one thing that they've done or continue to foster that I think is bad. Very bad. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. I want to get into a little bit of NBA. Um, uh, awful announcing. we got to hit those stories today. There was a uh, an NHL draft lottery last night, and people are uh, saying something's a little fishy. Something smells. Uh, we'll get into that. And... Um, I want to talk about this show I just got done watching, Shadow and Bone, at some point. Do we have any Shadow and Bone Netflix people out there? Kind of a weird show, but I got into it. Me and Ashley got into it, so I want to hit that at some point. And, of course, Scott Reynolds coming up at, at uh, 1110 and Denard Span at 1130. So stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches 
in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group and Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. We'll have the new True Body Machine. Go check that out so you can lose weight and get all ripped for the uh, summer. Um all right, a couple things I want to get to before Scott Reynolds joins us. Uh, NBA last night, the Lakers get a 104-100 win over the Warriors. Lonnie Wilkins, the fourth, has 15 points in the fourth quarter. Steph Curry can't get out of his own way in the last minute of the game. Missed two shots, which, you know, a lot of the shots he takes, I'd say, are bad. But, um, and he makes them anyway. So it's hard for me to say that was a, those were two bad shots, but he missed them. And... You know, they were – and then they had a, a costly turnover in the end. Draymond had a bad turnover in the end. It was a disaster in the final minute for the Warriors in a critical game that they needed to win. I was shocked at how bad they were. They were Celtics bad in the end of the game, which is saying something. I know because they ended the first half really good, came yeah. out of the third, and they were really good. And something happened in that fourth where they just, they just completely looked like a different team. And Steph is 0 for 12, by the way on go-ahead shots in the last 45 seconds in these NBA playoffs. Really? He's 0 for 12. So now Steph wow. Curry has like lost his, his clutch factor or something, 
And if he ain't making shots at the end of the game, well, who else is going to is going to make shots for the Warriors at the well, end? Clay of the game? Thompson can make shots. They need more from What's Jordan. What's happened to Jordan? I was going to say they, what they has need happened to that guy. They need more from Jordan Poole. It cannot be the Steph and Clay show, in my opinion. Any longer. I agree. It just can't. I mean, where did like where did that go? I, I mean, he's been outplayed by by Austin Reeves in this series. Yeah. He's been outplayed by Rui Hachimura in this series. I guess I got to throw Lonnie Walker into that equation now as well, who yeah. came out of nowhere last night. And also, the thing we never get, we've gotten two great games in a row from Anthony Davis where he looks engaged, and it's amazing that the Lakers, it's like when he, if he just plays engaged, it almost looks like it's almost impossible to beat the Lakers. Yeah. It almost feels that way when he's he plays the way he is. He's just not able to do it night in and night out. Not in night in and night out, but and he's I, done it two in a row now. Ooh. And I only need one more from him in the next three games. I just need one more. LeBron's been putting back-to-back playoff th- games together for 20 years. Can you give me more than two in a row, Anthony Davis? I mean, Yeah, because LeBron, need, LeBron needs it. LeBron's not going out there and trying to drop 40 or no. anything out, outlandish. No. He didn't like, even take a shot for the first like quarter last night. I think. No, and that's where you're seeing, like, I don't know if I, the growth is the right word of LeBron, but a different philosophy, well, I he guess. Kn- he knows if he doesn't have to score, his team's going to be really, really good. He knows that. If he can play make. How has he always operated? He always loves to be the guy that can yes, facilitate absolutely. and have guys who can shoot the three. And that's what the Lakers have not He's done. He's one of well. the smartest basketball players I've ever seen play the game. He, and last night, he was calling out the, the final play. He knew exactly what they were running, you know, and he's calling it out. He's, he's, his basketball IQ is off the charts. I mean, he's just really, really good. And, you know, you combine that with great talent, you get what you get with yeah. him. And he has willed this team was dead in the water. 13th in the West, you know, why they had Westbrook. They got bailed out getting rid of Westbrook, freeing up that, to bring in these other players. You know, Palenka did a great job, but they got bailed. Whoever The league must have mandated that. They must have. They, I don't know what they, who they paid off to take that deal. And, I mean, look at what – everywhere Westbrook goes, and he used to be one of my favorite players, and just athletically it just was always so much fun to watch. But he's, he's just, you know, he's a – He's a disaster. He just hasn't aged as well yeah. as some other guys. Yeah. His, his basketball IQ is the exact opposite of LeBron's. The exact polar opposite. If you can make a dumb play, that dude's making how many? How many great players has he played with, by the way? A lot. And has not been able to win with any of them? <laughs> with an anchor. Like he's, an anchor. he's played with KD, well, just, Paul you just George, go, but you Bradley watch the Beal, games. James Harden. You watch the games, and at the exact moment when he should be feeding other players who are better than him and better shooters in the clutch, he's taking just horrible shots. Just horrible shots. It's, it's the fact that he's not he's never been a good three-point shooter, but he's right. so yeah. he's so hell-bent he on having to Thinks continue to shoot threes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, terrible the, free throw the, the Clippers, I mean. The Clippers, the little baby in L.A., saved the big boy. They did. Big time. They did. Yeah, um, maybe he got his new arena paid off. I don't know what, but uh, that was that was uh, ridiculous. All right, and um, thank God Nikola Jokic is not getting suspended for the the owner of the other team grabbing the ball. In, in essence, I don't even like that he got a fine. I, I don't either. But that's you know I think they probably those are meaningless anyway. <laughs> These guys, let's just be honest. Twenty five k. Yeah, I mean, it's meaningless. It's just like shoe money. Uh, and Jimmy Butler continues to absolutely just will his team in the, in the Heat are better than we thought as well. So the Knicks are frauds, man. They are. Every year, yeah. Julius Julius Randle, you see his comment after the game. Yeah, asked about doing. asked yeah. about why they're not get winning the offensive battles anymore, and he's like, I don't know, maybe they just want it more than us. And I'm like, How do you say that? You are the leader of that team, and you're you're like the next great big man, so to say, of the New York Knicks, and you don't play like it, and no. you have an attitude like that after the game. So no. the Knicks are done. 
All right, let's dispense with all of this NBA talk and uh, bring in the great Scott Reynolds from Pewter Report to talk some Buccaneer football. What's up, Scotty? How you doing, brother? Gentlemen, how we doing? Sorry for my brain fart earlier there. It's okay. You know, just, you're getting old. I know. Just like me. Mental decline. Nick, so you're coming. You're next. You're next for the old man party. Uh, I got about 25 years to get to, uh, to, get to you're the You're catching point. up quick from what I hear. <laughs> he is an old soul. He's an old yeah. soul. There's no doubt about that. Uh, all right, my friend. How are you? Um, you've, I'm doing good. We've uh, we've not spoken to you since uh, some of the some of the um, developments over the past week, but we'll we'll jump right in. We just did a half yeah. hour on what we think about Devin White and this whole situation. Uh, the, some developments this morning, which you wrote about and wrote a piece yesterday for Pewter Report. So the floor is yours on Devin White. Where do we stand as far as you, yours concerned? Well, he kind of put out there a little bit that um, he's learned some lessons. He put that on social media. Sometimes you kind of we read too much into things maybe, but, but maybe he's kind of coming to his senses. Listen, if, if I'm Devin white, okay. And I don't know who's talking to him. I don't know who's, who's in his head or in his ear, but here's some reality. Okay. It's like, um, remember the, in the movie draft day, right? Where, where Sonny figures out that, you know, we're going to draft the quarterback, but God, nobody showed up to his birthday party. Right. <laughs> Sometimes those things matter a they little do. bit. Yes. They really do. The, the reason why scouts go to uh, pro days and why they attend practices during the season is is really for one reason. It's not to see the player run the 40-yard dash at their at their comfy combine workout at, at their own facility or do the agility drills. It's to talk to the strength conditioning coach. It's to say, does this guy work out hard or is he lazy? Is he allergic to the weight room or does he want to get better? You know, is this is this a guy that's driven to push himself or does he need to be pushed? Right. Those are some real intrinsic things that you can learn. And as Jason Light, you know, told me, you're not drafting the player, you're drafting the person. And so here's the thing with, with Devin White. He he skipped the the double dog dare and went for the triple dog dare when he said, I want I want to be out of here. Trade me. Um, rather than I'm just going to hold out. Derek Brooks back in 2001 held out for 11 days, and then he got his new deal. And then you know what happened with with Derek Brooks? He became the 2002 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. But at no point in time did Derek Brooks want out of Tampa Bay. He wanted to play with Sapp and Lynch and and you know Brooks. I guess Hardy, you know not Brooks, but Hardy was gone by then. But mm-hmm. you know he wanted to remain a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He just wanted to get paid. It's okay to want to get paid, but if you want to get paid elsewhere, that's different. That's the triple dog there. That's the, I'm going right to get out of here. Now, if I'm Devin White and I'm looking at this, they just spent a fifth-round draft pick on Servassier Dennis. All right, so Servassier can play. He's he's a good player. I think he's better than K.J. Britt. Yeah. And and I haven't seen him take one practice rep in a Buccaneer helmet, but I like what I saw at Pittsburgh from – Servassier Dennis more than I liked what I saw at Auburn from KJ Britt. Then they get Jeremy Banks, an SEC guy that Devin might know pretty well from from Tennessee. And Banks can play. If he can keep his head screwed on straight, if he can focus on football, Jeremy Banks is the absolute sleeper out of this undrafted free agent class. Like starting caliber guy. Wow. Right. And so if you're Devin now and you're you're holding out you could be missing out because Todd Bowles is not afraid to play rookies in the Super Bowl year he started Antoine Winfield Jr right 
And the, the year before that, he started Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean as rookies. Yep. He's not afraid to, to start rookies. He'll tell you that. It's not a secret. So now, does he want a four-year starter in Devin White manning his defense? Sure. But he doesn't control what Devin does. Devin does. If Devin's not there, show must go on. That's right. And listen, with two viable options now in Banks and Dennis, um, this team may quickly realize how much they don't need Devin White. Exactly. So I, I'm just saying, do they want Devin White? Yes. They, they've, they're all in on Devin. All right. Todd Bowles was just as much of as a part of that decision-making with Bruce Arians and Jason Light in 2019 uh, than, than any of those guys. Like he, he was in there like, he, he, this is my middle linebacker. This is the perfect guy. And from a player standpoint, he's a perfect fit. He's fast. He can blitz. Um, he has some coverage abilities. He can get better and more consistent, sure. But Devin White's a good player. Like nobody's saying he's not. But the big question is: is how much are you worth? How much of how good of a player are you? That's what's debatable right now. The only way Devin gets paid is if he shows up and plays, whether right. it's for the Buccaneers or for somebody else. And so other teams are watching this. Exactly. That's what he has to understand. Okay, because free agency is a two-way street. They put Jameis Winston in the fifth-year option, paid him around $17, $20 million, whatever it was, and then they said, eh, no thanks. Right. We're done. Yeah, Come on, Tom, right? And so that's what Devin White has to understand. This is a two-way street. Just because you're playing your fifth-year option yeah. doesn't mean the Bucs are going to want you back after this year. you got to prove to them or to other teams that you can play. And the only way you do that is to show up and play. And Scott, this is where I have a problem with the organization on this deal. And I, you know, I, I think the organization has clearly shown they know what they're doing over the past few years, right? Yep. So I'm, but I can take umbrage to some things that they're doing, and this is one of them. Yes. And here's why: you're already strapped in salary cap. All right, mm-hmm. moving forward, you're trying to clean yep. all that up. I get it. So here comes a guy playing inside linebacker that yep. wants eighteen to twenty million dollars a year, mm-hmm. and I'm here to say that that money will be better allocated in other places after Shaq Barrett leaves for an edge rusher. You might yeah. have to go out on the open market and pay a real quarter, a, a big-time quarterback. Right. I mean, there's a lot of needs on this team. We're big-time yeah. offensive tackles. Right, big-time offensive tackles. Right. Spending yeah. 18 to $20 million on an inside linebacker is a luxury. Yeah. So you better be not only the best player on the field, which I don't think right. he is, by the way, on this right. Buccaneers. I will disagree with Todd I Bowles agree. when he says that. And I don't want to spend it in that particular place when I have other impact places that I want to spend it. So yeah. to me, when he asked for a trade, I would have said, absolutely, here you go. Let's get him out. But obviously yeah. there wasn't a deal on the table. Or if they're being as intransigent as they say they are, that he's untradeable, that's a horrible whiff for this organization. That's not what they should be doing with this, right. this position, in my opinion. I'll just say this. Remember, Roquan Smith was traded. He pulled the same type of shenanigans. He was traded. But it was during the season, after the draft, right? It wasn't before the draft or it wasn't during the draft. And, and I don't blame the Buccaneers because whenever you're any organization, whether it's Pewter Report or the Buccaneers, whatever, if you're looking to replace somebody, okay, fine. You, you want to replace somebody, that, that's fine. You, you, know, uh, you want to upgrade. It's a lot easier to move on from the person you're trying to upgrade when you've got the replacement on oh, hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so it just it just is. Yep. So that's why I don't mind the Buccaneers not dealing Devin on draft day, and maybe waiting until in season, right? Yeah. And where where you, where you can see what you have in Servasier Dennis, you can see if KJ Britt has 
risen to the occasion saying, holy crap, man. You know, they just got two legit inside linebackers. I thought I was the next big thing, right? right? So um, at least they've got some options now, whether it's KJ, whether it's Servassier, whether it's Jeremy Banks. They've got some options, not just for maybe moving on from Devin White, but in case Levante David's play at age 33 falls off a cliff. Good and point. And do you want him back at 34, right? I mean, it's at some point in time, all great players cease becoming great, right? And then, and usually we've seen this, JP, and you've probably seen it too, Nick, you youngster. Um, sometimes you, you don't make that transition from great to good to average to bad. Sometimes you go from great to bad in like one season. Like yeah. it, it happens fast yeah. the older you get. So I'm, I'm looking at this like, I'm okay that they didn't make the deal then, and I wouldn't be surprised if, unless Devin is all in, made amends, you know, f- fixed the, the bridges that were burnt, and is playing really, really good, consistent football, then maybe you keep him. If not, maybe you trade him in season. Yeah, like like the, what happened with Roquan Smith. And now Roquan Smith was was a holdout situation, but I'm just saying, you let Devin play a little bit, and maybe that trade deadline comes up. And, and you're the organization, and you say, you know what, wow. <laughs> Maybe there's not a, much difference between Devin White and Servassier Dennis, except for just experience. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I, don't, I don't think that we're, we've written the final page on the Devin White saga here in Tampa. And it's, it's, it might not be written for some time. And when you kind of look at what the Bucks did in the draft, and you mentioned the linebacker position, and does it almost feel like to, an, like to a point it was like, this draft like almost sent a message to maybe some of the guys on this team, including Devin White, just kind of given the positions that they went with, yeah. uh, you know, adding two linebackers and, you know, adding two edge rushers, right? Because we're always yeah. focused on Joe Tran Shawinka not doing his thing. That's right. First round pick, go yeah. and get Kalijah Kansi, somebody who has a lot more upside than a Logan Hall and clearly is right. a much different body type. Did you kind of get that feel with kind of what, what the Bucks did in this draft? Yes, I, I thought this draft really was a home run. I thought Jason Light needed it. And, and, I, and I think it is. I don't know that it's going to be the 2020 draft, which might be on par with, uh, or we'll see how it plays out, but like the 95 draft, right? I mean, you get Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks, you know, 1A and 1B. I mean, it's just two Hall of Famers in the same draft. Uh, that, that, that's, that's just a masterpiece. You get Tristan Wirfs, who was probably, it might be, with apologies to Mike Evans when it's all said and done, the best offensive player in Bucks history, if he can stay healthy, certainly the best offensive lineman in Bucks history. And then you get maybe a perennial pro bowler in Antoine Winfield. We'll see how that works, but an incredible one-two punch there, right? I think this draft could be more like 2018, where you got a really good pro bowl guy in Vita Vea, you know, kind of a cornerstone player. And then maybe that's Kalaja Kansi. And then you found three like really good impact starters, uh, after that, and Alex Kappa, who was a third-round pick. Actually, let me rewind. Carlton Davis, who was a second-round pick. Alex Kappa was a third-round pick. And then Jordan Whitehead, who was a fourth-round pick. Right. Everybody in that draft, all four, were starters during the Super Bowl year. I know Kappa got hurt and didn't finish the playoffs, but that was as solid a draft as, as you can get. When you get four quality starters that, that are going to get big contract extensions either with you or with another team, those are hits, and I think that there are four guys in this draft class that are going to be long-term fixtures, some of them with Pro Bowl potential. 
Scott Reynolds joining us here. Um, well, the Bucks have signed a quarterback. They got another one. Yep. Um, a guy who number wore three. number 13 for the Rams. Yeah. <sighs> no, I know. It's not that guy. It's John <laughs> Wolford uh, yeah. from Wake Forest. And as you wrote, the Arizona Hot Shots of the Alliance of American Football yeah. in 2019, where he was the player of the week in That's week right. one. Um, yeah. But most, most notably, uh, Started uh, a game for the Rams where they needed to get into the playoffs and threw for over 250 yards and rushed yeah. for 50, first quarterback in league history to do that in his debut. Uh, completed 22 of 38. Not too shabby, but yeah. he's just an arm, right? He's he's arm number three. He's arm number he three. Is. He's yes. arm number With three. all that, he's just an arm. Yep. But, so, but at least they they have three quarterbacks now, so. I know that there's, you know, I was even thinking, are they going to bring in Joe Flacco just to kind yeah, of be that yeah. kind of mentor guy, been there and done that? Uh, that would have kind of made some sense. You remember back in, in 2002, um, JP, before you were born, Nick, uh, when, when, when they brought in Lomas Brown, right? Yes. The, yeah. the Giants. Uh, yeah. Giants uh, offensive tackle couldn't play anymore. I think it was like 34 at the time. He was, knees were shot, couldn't play, but he was a former Gator. And his, his main goal was to make sure Kenyatta Walker lived up to his potential. And for one year, that happened. He moved Kenyatta moved from left tackle, where he was a disaster, to the right tackle during the Super Bowl year. And Lomas Brown was in Kenyatta's corner in his ear. They were former Gator buddies. They were they were you know tight to the hip, and just that veteran presence, that that wisdom that that Lomas Brown imparted. Uh, made made a, a ton of difference for Kenyatta Walker, and he he turned in his best season in the Bucks Super Bowl year. Yeah, you know? and and uh, that's what they're going to be asking from John Wolford. So, <laughs> impart that knowledge that you got. No, see, it could have been go. Joe Flacco. It could have been like that. You know, Matt back Ryan. in my day, I took Ryan. the Baltimore Ravens yeah. to the Super Bowl and we won. <laughs> you know, and, but it, it wasn't. It's it's John Wolford. So everyone, stop getting too excited. It's just John Wolford. Hey, hey, back to the draft, and like we, you know. The the Cansey and Cody Mauk and Yada Diaby. Yeah. I know the Bucks are excited about that, but I mean, listening to John Spitek speak and Jason Like, it mm-hmm. seemed like they're really excited too about what they got in the late round hall. Uh, yeah. We already talked about Servassier Dennis, but uh, yeah. the other three guys, just Payne Durham, uh, Josh Hayes, who I definitely wanted to get your opinion on because I didn't know much about him, and I know he went to Kansas State, so I'm sure you go to Kansas. I'm sure State, you yeah. could tell me a little bit more about him and yeah. this Jose Ramirez, who it seems like they're really really excited about, yeah. and Trey Palmer as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I really think this is a home run draft. I, I look, I, you know, there's always like one guy that I'm like, oh, really? You know, like in, in draft classes, I, I like all of these players. I'm not saying all of these guys are going to make the team or going to excel or going to be here two years from now. But I see the logic. I see the process in all of these players and, and why they drafted these guys. And and like you mentioned before, doubling up at edge rusher, right? Jose Ramirez, you put on the tape, and he kind of reminds you a little bit of Shaq Barrett, like undersized, kind of a whirling dervish type, just finds a way to get around the quarterback and affect the passer uh, more quick than fast and, and and not real big but strong enough. Yaya Diaby is a player that actually Warren Sapp really kind of turned me on to when we were at the Senior Bowl. Warren was there for a day, and he was looking at some of the defensive linemen, as Warren will is known to do. And and I said, Warren, what do you think of, of these guys here at the Senior Bowl? He's like, ah, the only guy I like here is Yaya Diaby. You know, I said, okay. He's like, yeah, he's he's the guy that that is, you know, he's got the juice. You know, go back and, and look at him. So I I did because 
it's hard to watch all these guys. You only have one, one set of eyes. But, like, he flashed a little bit, but then I went back and saw the tape, and he's late bloomer, nine sacks last year, only one and a half before that. But you could kind of see the maturation and where this guy is a speed-to-power guy. And that's one thing Jason Light said in his press conference. I've really learned to, to read Jason Light between the lines. And he says, well, and, and some of the mistakes we've made in the past when you look at guys – is you know you, you look at the speed to power and sometimes guys sometimes guys just have the speed but not the power you know and i think he's talking about joe trianchuinka you know my words not his but i think that's what he means mm-hmm. this guy is a speed to power guy he has the the power he's got the speed and i'm really excited about yaya diaby i think this guy can be um, a, a big time you know player and i think i think jose ramirez can make this team as as a fifth edge rusher you know and and maybe they keep five this year. They usually keep four. Maybe it's five. And maybe it's it's Shaq and JTS and Anthony Nelson and Yaya Diaby. And and then it's it's Jose Ramirez. Because if he can play on special teams, he can help you out. Remember, at the end of the season, Joe Tryon, Shoinka, and Anthony Nelson had to play every single snap in the last three games because they ran out of bodies. Carl Nassib was hurt. And, and the other guys that they had in um, were hurt as well. So I like it. Josh Hayes. Um, he's a Kansas State guy, and they finally listened to me, and they finally got a Kansas State guy <laughs> to get that Josh Freeman taste out of our mouth. Right, and, right. And so I'm excited. Hayes is a hitter. Um, you go back, you look at the North Dakota State tape that he has when he was playing outside corner, physical, tough, sure tackler. Uh, the highlight reel for Josh Hayes, go back and look at the Iowa State game last year. 11 tackles, 10 solo, pass breakup, plays the nickel. He is a sure tackler, doesn't miss, physical guy, hits like like a hammer, fast, runs a four four one. Wow! I, I think I would be shocked if he's not the starting slot. I really think he wow. can be the, the the slot defensive back, and 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 really played that. Kansas State plays a three three five defense, uh, similar to Alabama, where they've got that star defender, right? Who is, is the stars is a is a slot safety is how Kansas State calls it. Minka Fitzpatrick, right? That was the, the star guy on that Alabama defense. Um, Brian Branch was the star yeah. player last year. When I say star, not like the best player. It's actually called yeah. a star, like yeah. the Constellation. So Kansas State calls it something different, but he plays that star, that third safety back there. Man's the the slot, but is, is a really good player. Trey Palmer um, does track the ball exceptionally well. Uh, big time, uh, down the field threat can do more than just run a straight line. He's more than Scotty Miller. And so I, I, I think, you know, you look at what Seattle does, whether it's Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, they always have that vertical guy that can stretch the field. We know Mike Evans can do that. He's just more of a long strider. This guy can stretch the field in more of a hurry. He, he's just faster. So he can also help return kicks and punts. He's returned one each for a touchdown while at LSU. He can, can challenge Devin Tompkins for the return duties. And we've already talked about Servassier Dennis, uh, captain of the defense, can play. But he started off playing the Mo defense, which is that, that Levante David weak side linebacker spot. Then he transitioned to the Mike, which is the, the middle linebacker spot that Devin White plays. So he can play both. When I watch Servassier Dennis on tape, he actually reminds me more of Levante David in terms of his play style. The way he moves and reacts, he's a little more undersized. Yeah. Levante is about 220, 225. Devin's about 240, right? Just two different body types. 
This is more of like a Levante David type, and that's not a bad thing given the fact that Levante David can really play. All right, Scotty, great stuff, my friend. Uh, really appreciate you coming on as always. We got Denard Span waiting on deck. You're awesome. leading off for Denard Span, so there you better get a hit. You better get on base. It'll knock you Excellent. in for sure. Uh, yeah. Tell all the folks how they can uh, get Pewter Report content, what you got coming up this week. Yeah, PewterReport.com, the mothership's where you can find all of our stories. we got the John Wolford story up uh, this morning, along with the story from Yaya Diaby's position coach, which has some great quotes in there about the, the Bucks' new edge rusher. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Pewter Report, and our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV, where we do four podcasts a week. And you know what? Haven't even done a podcast yet, JP, Come on. this week. Right. I haven't even done it yet. I know, because I tried to listen on the way back from Orlando this morning, and it was dated. Yeah, we're doing them Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. Why Wednesday? Because we have Bucks coaches tomorrow, offensive coaches. Mm-hmm. We'll get the Dave Canales press conference reaction at 4 o'clock. Thursday night, NFL schedule drops. We'll be live at 8 o'clock. Yes. And then Friday and Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, we'll have the Peter Report podcast wrapping up both days of Bucks rookie minicamp. Awesome stuff. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it, brother. We'll be uh, watching and listening on Peter Report. Thanks, buddy. Great podcast. I will be definitely listening. All right. um, Let's go right to it. You're up. Dernage Span walking to the plate now on the J.P. Peterson. So so great to have you on since you were named there at Bally Sports. You're doing a great job. I love the fact that we got you. Uh, Tampa, Tampa, young man who grew up here. You got Wechter who grew up in St. Pete. Matty Joyce who grew up in Brandon. We got Rich Hollenberg who's been here forever. So I love having the hometown guys on our pre and post. Thanks for joining us, Denard. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. And what a time! Uh, what a time to be a Rays fan and to jump on board the broadcast. First of all, how's how are you enjoying that with the guys? Is it a little different from? Uh, from your playing days, uh, the, the, to, to watch it from this this perspective? It's very different. It's funny you say that because I just had somebody about a week or two ago. It was Neil Solans, actually. Yeah. He asked me, what what is more difficult, hitting in the ninth inning against the closer or doing TV? <laughs> and, you know, I scratched my head. I thought about it. I was like, well, I only have three reps of – three or four reps of doing TV. So, right now, I would say TV is more difficult than hitting in the ninth inning. So – um, it's definitely different, but, you know, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, just like anything else, the more reps, the, yeah. you know, the more chances you get, the better the better you get and the more comfortable you get at it. Well, from someone who's been doing TV for over 30 years, trust me, hitting in the ninth inning is way harder. This is easy <laughs> stuff, dude. Once you get the reps down, you'll be like, wow, oh, this is a kick. You just, but you're doing a great job. And, and, and I just, but from a perspective, like how do you look at the game differently? as an analyst because I mean as a player you're looking to maximize your opportunities and for your team whereas an analyst you know your your job now is to be critical of some of your ex-teammates at times and people which is very hard to do obviously and to be able to give a perspective to the fan at home it's a, it's a tough line to walk so is, is it a different perspective watching the game yeah I have I don't think I've gotten to that point yet to where you know I'm trying to uh, where I'm being critical I think right now I'm just trying to be as fair as possible, you know what I mean, and trying not to, you know, step on toes, um, not only for our team, but the other team as well, and trying to shoot it as down the middle as possible. Um, you know, I think obviously, you know, once I get a little bit more comfortable and, and get some more time, then, yeah, I think I I will be able to do that at, um, you know, just doing it like in, in, a, in a better art form. In an art form, yeah. if you will, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I think there's an art to doing that, and you know, saying the right words without like demeaning the other, exactly. uh, demeaning people or demeaning the, you know the players. So 
Um, I haven't got to that point, but th- that's my that's obviously what I'm striving for. Nick, you want to jump in here? You have something for Denard? Talk some some Rays baseball. Yeah, here. I'll jump right into what we've seen from this team, and you know, 29 and seven, and the offense has carried the way. Whereas, and pitching is doing amazing as well. I think you're like first in most categories there, but. Uh, just this offense, and I'll ask you as a former player, because you know you hear all the time like the hitting is contagious type thing. Uh, just as a player, when you have a lineup where it seems like they can, and the Rays have done this, they string together runs and certain innings like really well, and it seems like everybody's contributing. Is hitting is contagious? Is that a real thing from a player? And what's kind of the mindset when you have a team like this where everybody's firing on all cylinders? It definitely is. I mean, I know at times it sounds like it is like a, a cliche saying. Um, but it is, you know, when, when you, you know, you see the guy before you have a good at bat or put some good wood on the, on the ball, um, it, you know, as a player coming up, you know, uh, coming up after that hitter, you know, you get confidence, right? And then, you know, those players, you know, even if they do make it out or guys are scoring, they're coming back to the dugout and giving you information. So, um, it, you know, yeah, I do think it is contagious. And, uh, you know, it, it, like you said, it's been special just to watch this offense go off night in and night out. Um, nobody was expecting this. I know I wasn't. I was a little critical going into the season, um, you know, under the wraps. Like, man, I, you know, I feel like we're like one bat away. But, um, you know, all of the decisions that were made, obviously, they they look great. Um, the young players have been filling in. And I think it's, it's, it's huge for those guys, you know, getting off to a good start for their confidence. The Darts band joining us here now with Bally's Sports doing their pre and post game. Also played many years in the big leagues, including with the Rays. Um, I, I don't know if you heard this, but speaking of critical broadcasters, the guys at WFAN, Carton and Everson, is that? Yeah. yeah they just watched the Yankee series, right? And I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. So they come out I with it. They, you did. You saw. Okay, good. So, uh, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> and they basically saying, I don't have any evidence to back it up, but they're they're cheating. You have the floor. Your thoughts. <laughs> you put you put me my critical come on uh, word thing to the, bring to it. the test. Bring it. Um, I mean, look, man, this is that, that's what you know. That's what sore losers do, <laughs> right? They have to find an excuse. Right. They have to find a reason for why they're losing. Like that's instead of just you know taking your your loss like a man and just move on to the next one. If so, if if the Rays are cheap, it'll come out. It'll come to, to light. But for you to point to that, you know what I mean? Because your team has bigger stars and so-called better players and you find a way to lose, that to me, you know, that, that's what sore losers do. They find excuses and they try to find reasons to justify yeah. them losing. <laughs> it was hilarious, uh, to be honest with you. I wondered how, what your take is on how the Rays have taken advantage of the new rules. You know, my sense is, first and foremost, they, you know, they got – well, they're already athletic. They got more athletic in the offseason. And, you know, it takes more athletic players in the outfield and the infield to have bigger range with no shift. They seem to be contacting the ball more and you know, getting the ball in play. How, how do you see it, how they've taken advantage of the new rules? I think, I, I think the new rules uh, play into the way this ball club is, is built. Um, you know, obviously we weren't expecting, you know, this team to hit for hit 70 home runs, 65, 70 home runs through the first 35 games. We were expecting this team to manufacture runs, get guys over, steal bases, go first to third, you know what I mean? Score um, from first to home. And, you know, with these new rules, it's just basically just enhanced what this team was built to do. So um, I, I think, yeah, you, you're seeing more activity on the bases um, as far as, you know, stealing. 
And um, yeah, it's just you know this this ball club, you know they do, they do it all. Yeah, and you know, like you said, the the home run has kind of led the way, and it feels like Randy Arozarena has been. If you had to find, and it's hard to find an MVP with this team right now, but I'd argue Randy Arozarena might be it. Uh, and he talked about how he's studying, you know, pitchers' habits and and kind of doing more film study and things like that. And you know, the whole thing on Friday night, I mean, with the the Randy Land, and of course he goes yard and free Cerveza <laughs> for everybody. Like he's just so much fun to watch. Just your thoughts on Randy Arozarena through. 36 games this season uh and if there's even another level to his game you think yeah i mean i think we we saw it you know in what 2020 yeah. during the during the bubble world series and that whole playoff run so i think you know we we've gotten a glimpse of what he can do when the stage is big during a short amount of time right i think it's just about with him he's the type of guy that needs to be engaged he needs to feel like he's coming to the field and playing in like you know meaningful you know games with a lot of fans and and a lot of support. And so with the Randy land, I, I, I like to think that's going to get him going and keep him engaged and keep him having fun. Um, you know, he, he's, he's the type of guy that plays to, to, to the moment or plays to his competition. The competition is down. He probably will play down to this competition. But if this competition is, is greater, he's playing against somebody who's bigger, supposed to be better than him. He seems like he's the type of guy that likes to take that challenge and step up to the plate. Denard Spann joining us here, the 20th overall pick of the Twins back in 2002, the pride of Tampa Catholic. We have some of your fellow Tampa Catholic alum in the chat section uh, shouting you out, so that's there for you. Um, and, and a question about growing up here and playing baseball here. You know, I've, I've heard the idiots around the national media saying, oh, you know, Tampa Bay's not a baseball market. And I'm like, dude, if you grew up here or you've been here for any amount of time, baseball is in the fabric of this community. Everybody grows up playing Little League Baseball around here, as you did. And we've produced so many good players. What is it about this area, you think, that, that produces so many good baseball players? Not just the weather and playing all year long. It just seems like the coaching, the you know, former players come back and coach high schools here, the AAU, all of that is just exceptional. The levels are high, and it just – creates better players. How do you see it? I think we're cut from a different cloth, to be honest with you. There's something about growing up here in, in Tampa. Um, you have this competitive spirit, um, and you just take it. You know, you grow up with it, growing up in this community. Um, you know, you there's obviously really good talent. There's good athletes here. Um, and for me, you know, growing up here and then taking and getting drafted and, and going off and playing against basically the world, you know, I, I never forgot my roots. You know, this is Tampa. This is this is the city that raised me. It made it made me into a literal dog. Like I'm not going to give up. I'm going to give it everything that I have. And you know, that I think that's what you know this city um, doesn't get the credit for. You know what I mean? Like all the guys that came before me, like they they paved the way. And you know, once I got drafted, it was like I want to be mentioned with those guys. You know, what I mean, I, I have a responsibility to, you know, withhold a certain standard, one, for those guys, but two, for the next generation coming behind me, right? Now you got the, the, the Kyle Tuckers and the, the Polar Bears, you know, and uh, all the, you know, and the Lance McCullers. Like, you know, these are guys that, you know, are, you know, doing what Tampa's been doing for many years. And kind of to that point a little bit, and, and Tampa Bay being a big baseball community, I mean, we obviously have known the issues with, like, you know, attendance and things like that. And it, this year it's been up by a considerable amount in last few years. And obviously the Yankees series, we had 32,000 people on Sunday. And, like, I was there, and it was, like, a great atmosphere. Uh, you played here for a little bit. So 
just kind of describe that. Like, is, as a player, when you come out to the ball field and it's packed and everything, and we haven't gotten that as much here as the Rays, does that kind of help a team, uh, sort of say, or is it not really that big of a deal? No, it's definitely a big deal. Yeah, when you come out and, and, and those stands are packed, you know, just like we were talking about with Randy, like that gets you going. That gets the juices flowing, gets the adrenaline going, and, it, you know, it makes you – you know, want to play that much harder. You know, you, we're, we're professionals. We're gonna, they're going to play hard regardless if there's, you know, one person in the stands versus there's 50,000. But when there's 50,000 people screaming for you, you're going to play a little bit more harder. You're going to run into that wall, you know, or, or you know, just dive and, and do things that you probably wouldn't do if there was one fan. All right, Denard, the big question everybody wants to know, can they keep this up? I don't think they can keep this pace up. This is ridiculous, historic pace. Uh, baseball's a tough game, as you know, better than, better than most. But can they – I mean, the numbers suggest teams that start this well win World Series, four out of the six teams, right, and, and uh, five out of the six have won pennants. Can this team sustain this? And, and I, I argued yesterday, to some degree, we haven't seen the best of this team. There will hopefully be a time when Tyler Glass now is pitching – followed by Shane McClanahan, followed by Eflin, followed by Rasma. I mean, this team, and, and Pete Fairbanks has not been able you know, to stay healthy. This team can get better, can it not? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think it all depends on the health of the yeah. team. Um, I Even even with the, the health included, like if guys go down, which guys are down now, and that's part of the game, I think this team is still built in a way that they can sustain certain injuries. We saw it last year. Like they, they, they were down five, you know, four or five of the, their main players, and they were still able to make the postseason. So I think the front office has done a good job at like building a solid team where it's not like based upon one or two guys, like a lot of other teams. If those two guys go down, you know, you're left in shambles. And so, um, you know, obviously, you know, they're not going to keep this pace. You know, they're going to, you know, run into, you know, a bad rut. But with the type of pitching that we have, like, like you saw last night with Shane and with Zach Eflin, those are types of guys that are going to stop the bleeding. They're going to stop, you know, long stretches of, of losses. They're going to give your team an opportunity to win. All right, just a couple more questions on, of the fun type. Number, you did a lot in your career, 14 seasons, hit 281 career at batting average, but you also are one of two people to hit a leadoff homer into McCovey Cove. How cool! Mm. How cool was it to do? Was that one of your favorite moments of your career? You know, I mean, obviously it was fun. I didn't hit many home runs, so whenever <laughs> I hit a home run, I tried to enjoy it. Um, but at the time, like I didn't know that that was like a thing. Right. Like, once I, you know, hit that, it wasn't until you know after the game. I think the media brought it up, but I mean, yeah, it, it's always cool to be you know one of one of anything in in, in the in the game of baseball. Oh. All right, and your favorite restaurant in West Tampa. I have a couple of requests they want to know. Your favorite West Tampa, West Tampa sandwich shop? West Tampa sandwich shop, pretty strong. Oh, I've never been there. You've never been there? Oh, been my there. goodness. Oh, you've got to go. A, I, feel, I feel embarrassed to say that. Yeah, people will be they'll, – they'll be upset. And they're, they're going to hold a table open for you, too, I can imagine. I West definitely. Tampa sandwich shop. Okay, yeah. I'm at the – Is there any other of your favorite, favorite restaurants growing up that you went to? Um – Trying to think like Tam like Tampa Staple yeah, restaurant. Tampa Staple restaurant. Oh my goodness! I feel like as a kid we ate a lot of like chain food. We ate a lot of <laughs> food. Um, 
goodness. If you don't have a favorite, yeah. you don't have a favorite. We we get we can make it happen though. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. You might you might need to help Ar- me broaden Ar- my Arco Iris, uh, La Terracita, some of those great Cuban food places. I have been to La Terracita. I've been to the Columbia restaurant uh, downtown course. in New yes. York. Yes, fantastic. Yes. Um, well, you could start start and stop at the Columbia right there. There it is. Yeah. Boom. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's yeah, really good Latin Spanish food there, yeah. for sure. Well, Denard, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. You're doing a great job on Bally. So hopefully you'll come back and, and chat with us as this magical season continues. No problem. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Denard. Appreciate it. Uh, great Denard Span. Homegrown right there. Yeah, West Tampa Sandwich Shop. The best. And all the guys in there, um, trust me, they've been following your career for a long, long time, Denard. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish up the show. I want to get into uh, the travesty that was the NFL or the NHL lottery draft last night. I know you're not a, you're not happy about this at all. And um, awful announcing coming your way. Stay with us. coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Taliano Insurance, the Golden Diamond Source, and American Mortgage Services. We thank all of you guys for supporting the show, and uh, please support our sponsors and tell them you heard on the JP Show. We really appreciate that. Um, couple shout-outs here for Denard Spann from Richie P. Denard went to Tampa Catholic and all the ballers that came out of West Tampa, Jefferson, etc. All of re- respect for Denard, absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk about last night's NHL draft. You said yesterday, even though it was at Anaheim, Anaheim had a 18.5% chance, so basically one out of five chance to get Connor Bedard last night. Columbus had a 13.5%. The Blackhawks were third. 
11.5%. You predicted it could go to the Canadians. Yeah. But Chicago, you kind of passed over because of their organizational missteps over yeah. the past few years. Yeah, but that, I was reminded that I don't think the NHL really did much to – Yeah, they don't care. They didn't really care about that. They really didn't care. Didn't really care, and Chicago's no. a really big market for it's them. a huge market that has been underserved in recent years. Hmm. And also, you know – And why did – this is the thing that kind of infuriates me about this whole thing. Chicago should have had their first-round draft pick stripped from them, if anything. There's other examples of teams that got first-round picks stripped away for other things. Much I was Chicago it, way less. So why didn't Chicago get some big punishment? And that's my thing that I'm I'm irritated about is now they just they just happen to land the greatest prospect. You know, he's Crosby, he's he's Lemieux, he's Ovechkin as a prospect essentially, McDavid, and he goes to Chicago. And also, mm. it's like it's so perfect. Like they had Patrick Kane for 15, 16 years. Yeah. Now he's out the door, and we just have a nice, easy transition to, oh, here's Connor Bedard. And by the way, he's probably going to be better than Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, I understand it's a lottery, whatever, but it, it, it just rubs me the wrong way a little bit. And mm-hmm. I feel bad for Anaheim because they had the highest odds to get Crosby in 2005, and they mm-hmm. did not get Crosby. Highest odds to get Connor Bedard? Did not get Connor Bedard. And I knew that's it. the way the ping pong balls bounce. I'm sure that's the way it rolls, huh? Boy, it's such a you know, what a capricious thing to have the entire weight of a franchise. Seriously, I mean the bounce of a ping pong ball. And what sucks is Chicago's tanking strategy worked. You don't like to see that in professional sports. I don't even know that's how why you create these draft lotteries, but and it was like a half-ass tank too. That's what makes me mad about it. Like they kept Kane for longer than they needed to. They kept Taze longer than they needed to. They gave Seth Jones this huge contract that he was not worth. Like they brought in Tyler Johnson, who's usually you would think would be a vet on a playoff team, right? Yep. It's not even like they really like went into like a tank until like this year when they saw that oh Bedard's here, we have a chance to get Bedard. And that's what bothers me is, like, I I hate it for the other teams like Anaheim and Arizona, you know, and Columbus, who I'm not saying they were trying to be bad necessarily, but they were trying to be really bad. Yeah. And they've tried that for years, and they haven't been able to land a big fish. And now the biggest fish goes to a team that has had a lot of big fishes. Yeah. That's what I hate. I wanted it to be – I wanted there to be an all-world player like this from, like, maybe a smaller team or something or just a different atmosphere than Chicago. Well – from the NHL standpoint, it's a home run. It's a home run. He's going to, you know, it's the original six franchise. He's going to be there, you know, for a long time, and it's great for ratings. And, and all they, that they stuff. sold two point four million dollars in season tickets since they got number one in the lottery. Yeah, for this 2. year, two point four yeah. million for a fan base that kind of stopped showing up the last couple of years. No, well, they. they We'll see how they can screw it up, though. It's not a good organization, so we'll right see now. how they, they screw it up. Um, so we had a couple of missteps in announcing the past couple of days. Um, Bob Huggins, and this one really kind of irks me, went on a local Cincinnati radio show. And, you know, I get it. I've, you know, I've, I've been on with guys like this, and, and, but I've never had this happen. As he used uh, two slurs, homosexual slurs, uh, actually, three times I think he did. And the host just kind of laughed it off. Yeah, I'll pick it up here kind of near where he says the slur. And he was talking about Xavier versus his old team, Cincinnati. There was a big crosstown rivalry. Xavier is a Jesuit Catholic school. 
So this was Bob Huggins' take on it, trying to be funny, I guess. Oh, it's loading. It's loading. By the way, you know, I'm not a big fan of the cancel culture at all. It's not what we're talking about here, but this is just a very, very poor choice of words. And when people do this stuff, we need to point it out. That simple. And it's so bad, Twitter, it's being played so many times that Twitter can't even play it. It's that, it's that bad. Do we, not going to happen? Let's try it again here. This video was like buffering here. Yeah, I'd rather you Wait. hear it than, than, me, than me say it. Rubber penis. Was this I like think a that was at the Crosstown shootout, wasn't yeah. it? It was transgender night, wasn't it? What? Was that it? It was a, it was a Crosstown shootout. Yeah, no, what it was was all those fags, those, those Catholic fags, I think. <laughs> all right. They, they, were, they were envious they didn't have one. <laughs> well, Steve, your comments about Bob Huggins. Is he the best? He's the, he's the best. The best ever. Is he the best assistant coach you ever had? Who? Steve Moore. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not calling for him to be fired or anything. He's pro- apologized profusely. But to be that casual with that word at this point, that, that is just, well, a, um, you know. Here's what's fishy about this. And, I'm not, I'll, and I'll just be honest. I've never been a, a Huggy Bear fan, a Bob Huggins fan. I, you know, here's what's fishy about this, though. There, and again, if you, you can go find any tweet you want in the history of Twitter, and he had a tweet in 2020 where guess who he had over at his program speaking? Who? Tom Brenneman. Hmm. If you recall, Tom Brenneman was the announcer for I want to say the Reds. The Reds. And he made the the homophobic slur there, where he didn't know that the mic was on, like they were in commercial or something. And remember, he had to walk that back, and his career has not been the same since. And he had Tom Brenneman. This was after this whole thing. He had Tom Brenneman in his program talking about stuff or whatever. So I kind of see that, and I go, hmm, hmm. Birds of a feather flock together, you know? You know, it's, it's – uh, look, the, the cancel culture thing is ridiculous. You know, some of the things – and it's been taken completely overboard. There's no question about that. But when these things are done, we got to point them out. This is this stupid. Is You're on a radio Come on. show. Come on. We're better than that. This is what we makes this. To, we need to evolve a little bit. So what makes right? this worse? It's because it's like it wasn't like in something. Some... You don't have any like legs to stand on. I guess as an argument, if even if even there was an argument, you have no legs to stand on. You were on a radio show. Yeah. You know you're live over the air. Yes. On an ESPN affiliate, I think it might have been, and wherever yeah. they were. Yeah. And you decided to use that word not once but twice. Casually. Very casually. And then you got two broadcasters out there who were just laughing it up, like, oh, he's the best, you know. I don't think it makes them look any better either. Yeah, I think they were probably shocked, you know, and didn't know. What, there was clearly they didn't know what. And sometimes you think you hear something and you maybe you didn't. Um, and you, you and I think usually in, in broadcasting, and I've certainly dropped my F-bombs and this, this that, and the other, and you just kind of keep moving along. You know, you keep moving along. Because you don't, maybe he didn't say what I think he said. Maybe he said something else. Uh, and, but and then, so you don't want to call him out right at the moment and just say, "Holy crap! What did you just say, you a hole?" You don't want to do that because you may have misheard it, right? But certainly, um, that was not that was not good. 
that was not good on anyway. All right, and this happened in the uh, A's at the A's broadcast. Do we want to play this audio? You know what? We probably shouldn't. I don't think we should play. No, I think you're right. You're actually you're actually because there is some there's some debate whether he said they went to the Negro League Museum, and what he said certainly sounded like the other N word. Um, but you know, even the guy that he was with, uh, Dallas Baker, his co-host didn't really flinch when he said it so maybe he w- and he was standing next to him so maybe it just sometimes things come out on the microphone that sound a little bit different than what you said um it, so it's it's this one is a case of i i damn sure he didn't mean to say that word because he was trying to say the negro league museum so the, he's probably going to his name's uh, glenn kuiper he's probably going to get suspended he was yeah but yeah that um but there's you know a lot of you can fall into a lot of traps here, and, and as I said, cancel culture is completely out of control when it comes to this stuff. I don't like to see people get fired. They should all be learning experiences for all of us, and that's what, you know, I think I think both of these particular people have learned that in the hard way. 